Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Friday, September 11th. My name, of course, as always, is Javier Reyes, your host of this here Lockdown Padres podcast. Check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno, which is spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And if you feel so inclined, hit me up on there with any questions you might have, and I'll do my very best to answer them here on the show. Today's show, as you can probably expect if you heard yesterday's show, it's part two of my conversation with Ben Kaspik of Locked on Giants, where basically he asked me a bunch of questions questions now about the Padres and I kind of get into that and it's really fun as usual um just talking to baseball with Ben is always a lot of fun but uh before we get into that just wanted to share some of my my quick thoughts first of all the Padres won again last night you know what I mean won again yet again thanks to Hobruds for Manny Machado and doubles for Mitch Moreland Mitch Moreland who uh as I mentioned the other day has really kind of slowly looked like you know look he wasn't bad because it was too small of a sample size, but still, he's having he's starting to to really get it going for the Padres now. Uh, Tatis del, um, gets an RBI in this game. You know, Austin Nola, who's just been basically excellent ever since we acquired him. So basically, good stuff all around. The only big thing, and probably the big thing of the whole game uh, that they ends up winning six one, is that Chris Paddock got injured. And he does give up a solo shot in the first inning, but finishes the final line of just that one solo shot, no walks and four Ks. So he was doing okay, and it looks like he has an ankle injury. Okay, that's what it looks like. He did test negative, so we'll have to see kind of uh, how long he's expected to stay out. I'm not an expert on injuries. I'm not an expert, obviously, on how, kind of how this usually plays out. But hopefully he can kind of... Um, you know, return in, in some healthy format because you're definitely going to need the guy. Don't get me wrong. He has been disappointing this year, but this is not one of those guys that we're just going to be better, you know, without him and whatnot. Uh, so we'll definitely need him once we get the uh, the playoffs started. And I think he was scheduled next to pitch against the Dodgers. So who knows if that's going to happen now? Uh, so we'll have to I'm going to keep an eye on that, but I assume we'll probably get more information probably after this podcast is posted and over the weekend, so I really really have anything to update on that. But otherwise, yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't great there, but it was nice to see Adrian Moron uh, come in and just be really awesome, getting three Ks and one and two-thirds innings. Even Stammen, Matt Strom, Pierce Johnson, uh, Emilio Pagan even was good. Um, Altavilla, like all these guys were just fine, and I think that last night was a good example of that. Uh, I th- not officially, but the bullpen kind of concerns, the bullpen woes are definitely no longer the headline of this team's weaknesses, uh, for sure, and that's really exciting. You know what I mean? It looks like their bullpen's starting to kind of, uh, you know, get back to normalcy, kind of show what it really is capable of and what it was supposed to be capable of heading into the season. Uh, and, you know, the trade for Trevor Rosenthal even, just makes it even better. You know what I mean? So all that stuff is really exciting. Hopefully we could win tonight's game, too. Uh, looking forward to it. It's a four game series. It's tough. It's not a not a tough series, but it's it's you know it's a an important one. And the more we keep winning, the more I stay smiling. You know what I mean? It's that barely rhymed, but whatever. You get my point, guys. So yeah, those are just some of my thoughts. We'll have to see how how things play out. And also, uh, it seems like Tommy Pham is going to be back for maybe the the last like week of the regular season, or at least come back sometime next week. He's returned a lot faster than I thought he was going to return. I thought he was only going to return for the playoffs, so that's a good news. I think I would be curious to see where they put him because, you know, Profar has been pretty great. I know he's made some mistakes defensively, but he's been okay lately in, in left field, so I want to see where they end up putting him. Maybe they put him at DH 
um, which is what they did a little bit with him when he was still playing, when he was still um, uh, healthy. So maybe that's where they're going to put him. But if they did, I'd probably want to slot him towards the bottom of the lineup just because he hasn't been you know, playing so much, and I wouldn't want to mess with the chemistry of the top order of the lineup. You know what I mean? Especially because they've been playing so well. But anyway, guys, those are just some, I guess, pre- episode notes i guess you could say the 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 quick rundown notes uh but anyways let's get into this interview this talking with ben kasperk of lockdown giants guys here we go do you have any questions for me now oh i definitely do um obviously the padres are playing great Mm -hmm. and it's good to see that they're reaching the potential that we knew they had i mean when we Mm -hmm. talked before the season we expected them to be good and it's good to see that they're doing that but what i want to know is the Padres had a very busy trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you brought in Mike Clevenger, you brought in mm-hmm. uh, Mitch Moreland and, and Nola, the catcher. Right. So I want to know, like, what, what did you think about all that activity and what, how have those guys performed and when, what should Giants fans expect out of those new players? Um, well, Clevenger just pitched the other day, so I don't think he's going to pitch against the Giants. Um, it's probably going to be, it's probably Richards. No, tonight is Paddock, and then it's probably going to go Richards. And then, oh, uh, you might catch. No, they're going to throw Lamed at you. So you probably aren't going to see Clevenger. Series, I think. Oh, it's a four-game series? I think it is, yeah. Oh, let me check that then. Maybe I'm second. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> no, no, no. Please, please, please. I want to I wanna see. Uh, it is a – it is four. So you might get to see Clevenger in uh, the fourth game. So that's exciting. Um, I think the main view for me is, objectively speaking – the best thing that happened is, is the Clevenger trade, but specifically because they didn't have to give up their top prospects. When I first heard about the deal, my the first thing that came to my mind is that they had to give up Patino, or maybe they gave up, maybe not, not Taylor Trammell because they already had given him up for the Austin Nola trade, but uh, that was my first thing in mind. Like, this is going to cost a lot. This guy has been a, a, a an ace-quality pitcher for basically the last, like, three or so years or two or so years, um, and they didn't. So that was what was most exciting. And it was just kind of cool to see that they're going for it. You know what I mean? This has been AJ Preller's thing. He is a gambler. He is Howie Ratner in Uncut Gems. He is Mike whatever in Rounders. He's going for it. This guy, ever since 2015, he's like, I'm changing the culture around here. We're going to actually make moves. It's going to be farm system stuff too, which is great. I don't like it when GMs just think, yeah, like anybody could trade their top prospects for guys who are majorly proven stars. You know what I mean? Anybody could do that. But to be able to conserve those prospects, they've still got, for everybody who uh, who uh, might not be familiar, Lockdown MLB Prospects of the Lockdown Network, shout out Aaron Layton, ranked uh, Mackenzie Gore at CJ Abrams in the top 10. So everything's looking good there. And I think that it's been shown, you know, he trades for Matt Kemp and all these, maybe they don't all work, right? Maybe the Trey Turner trade was a bust, right? But bottom line is that you're seeing the fruits of the labor come through. And what's so fun about this Padres team is Mackenzie Gore is probably going to be the only like technically homegrown player that they have when he finally is brought up because Tatis, he comes from Chicago, right? Tommy right. Pham, who's not playing right now. He comes from, from Tampa, uh, you know, Jerickson Profar and Mitch Moreland, like you mentioned before uh, in the trade. Um, it's basically a team that's been brought together over years and years and somehow it's not all farm system, guys. It's very, very weird what's going on with the, the roster construction, but it's worked. And I think that the most exciting thing is still got that top farm system. And this clearly looks like this is the team for the future. It doesn't look like there's too many areas that they have to address per se. They did kind of address the bullpen with Rosenthal and starting pitching. You know, I guess the only thing is the big question might be Paddock. But for the most part, I'd say 
I'm thrilled uh, with AJ Preller, and I like that he's turned San Diego into a team that people need to pay attention to instead of just the, oh, yeah, they're the Padres. They'll do what they do. What are they, rebuilding for the 10th year in a row? Nope, not anymore, sir. Now they have stars, and they have excitement and genuine media buzz, which says a lot. It does, and a lot of that centers around Tatis, and rightfully so, and I do Mm -hmm. want to talk about him. You mentioned that that three zero count thing, and so for anybody <laughs> on, in my audience who like didn't catch wind of that or just kind of mm-hmm. saw the headline but didn't get to talk about, didn't get to hear detailed talk about it, could you talk about what happened, what the response was, and what your thoughts were about that? So yeah, it's been a while since I feel like I've talked about it. I've talked about it a ton, but it's been a while, right? And it feels like a distant memory. That's it how does. time is going these days, right? Um, so my reaction to it, I've all, I think most honestly, I think everyone on our lockdown network, I think most media uh, baseball people, unless it's those old seventy five year olds, right? Everybody's in favor of just being like, yeah, let the players like play and bat flip and whatever, make the game more exciting, right? And in this case, I was surprised by how even more arbitrary the complaints from the Rangers were. Right? This wasn't just like, oh, he bat flipped. This one was like he swung on a three zero pitch. Apparently, according to semantics and baseball unwritten rule stuff, it's like, oh, but if he swung on three one, it would have been okay. Are you hearing this, Ben? It's like it's total absurdity, really, when you think about it. And you know. I heard I saw I got all sorts of perspectives. Some people just being like, "Go do your thing, kid. Swing on them." Other people be like, "Yeah, you gotta beat their beat their braids out." You know what I mean? You gotta bash the team in when you're winning. Some people have that perspective, and then there are people who are like, "Yeah, by the way, I'm a sports agent, and padding your stats matters a lot in contract negotiations. So you shouldn't be telling guys not to get that extra home run on their resume. It doesn't make any sense, right?" And then the other people who are like me for the whole time pitch better. Strike him out. You know what I mean? You could brag to your kids when you get home that you struck out Fernando Tatis. You're why not, right? And instead, they take the other approach. They're throwing behind Machado right now and whatnot. I think the biggest, most disappointing thing, uh, which people rightfully attested to, and I just mentioned earlier, was that Jace Tingler didn't immediately stand by him. He seems to have walked that back, and he's definitely walked it back over the of the over the last few weeks. Um, but that was like easily like I mean, Padres Twitter, Padres fans, they turned on him like hard you know he was already on the fritz but now everybody just completely turned on him thankfully he seems to have walked back after everything he said and said like hey i meant in terms of i was a little bit annoyed that he didn't listen to my call to take a pitch because there might be an actual high leverage situation where you have to listen to what the manager wants to do right but in this case it panned out well you know what i mean so he used the wrong language who knows if he actually meant it and he just had to apologize because he was getting so much heat but i'd say that that was the moment and what was so like exciting Ben is that everybody was like this is dumb you know and it was a national kind of conversation it happened with your Giants and Bryce Harper like a while ago right and this time it was like this guy's one of the best upcoming players of the game I'd argue there's it's maybe just Mookie if you were talking about building a season for just right now building a team right now who you'd want for the rest of the season I'd argue you can only maybe ask for Trout and Betts in terms of just position players. And then you'd want Tatis after that. That's how good he's been this season. And it was really cool that the whole, the tides returned and everybody universally was like, this is dumb. Let's move on and let's have fun with baseball. And hopefully uh, maybe I'm hoping that it just made him even more popular. You know what I mean? That's the irony of the whole thing, right? It made him even more popular. It did not silence him. The silencing rarely ever works in life or anything, honestly. And uh, yeah, it was just such an exciting moment. 
Uh, the Rangers, I think the stat is that they're three and fifteen or three and seventeen ever since the <laughs> incident. So we basically decimated them, and then they decided to go and sweep the Astros afterwards. So things have been awesome, and it was a it was a turning point not just for the team, but I think in terms of just them being recognized uh, throughout all of baseball and being a story in all of sports. I think. Um, 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 that's right, guys, making the juicy old eating sound effects to symbolize that we have to take a quick second to talk about Built Bar. I've talked about them plenty of times, guys. You should you should know by now, but I'm going to repeat it anyway. Built Bars are super healthy and delicious at the same time. So they're basically like candy bars, super soft and chewy. You know, I've mentioned, you know, they've got flavors for things that I typically wouldn't like, but this is kind of the exception. You know what I mean? I don't even necessarily care for raspberry sometimes, and their raspberry flavor was great. Mint brownie was great, you know, so they've really uh, uh, outdone themselves, I guess you could say. And they've got new flavors coming in. That's caramel brownie, cookies and cream, uh, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. So if that sounds good, guys, trust me, it is. These things are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and have high fiber. They're fantastic. So for our listeners, you can go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. That's right. Remember, that is promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Go check it out. They are super yummy. Yeah, I totally agree with you that it's good to see finally. I mean, this is a long history in baseball. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, that it's not there wouldn't have been people coming to the support of Tatis. They would have just thought it was the wrong thing to do to swing an, mm-hmm. on a three zero pitch when you have a big lead. I'm totally with you. Swing the bat. I like what the agent said. Like in arbitration, the Padres are going to argue that they don't need to pay you more because mm-hmm. your stats weren't X, Y, and Z. So yeah, add on while you can, young fellow. That's my opinion. <laughs> I agree a hundred percent, man. And it's just very. Uh... It was cool because I think we, we've had players. I mean, I think this happened with Acuna a couple years ago where they just hit him and he was on like a crazy hot streak. Right. And then he was out for the game. Now, thankfully, he didn't get hurt even more. But that's been one of my beliefs for a while is like one of these young players is going to flash a home run. Everyone's going to be talking about the player and then they're going to hurt the guy with a with a pitch. Right. And I'm against headhunting and all this stuff in, in every sense. I was even annoyed with 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 Joe Kelly on the Dodgers. It's like, yeah, we all hate the Astros, but like. You don't got to throw out somebody's head, man. You know what I mean? So it's good to see that Tatis, it was like even – so with Bryce Harper, even he has his detractors, right? There's not a single person out there who like could genuinely with a straight face be like, yeah, I don't think Tatis is exciting and or good. That you could maybe argue – that he's a, I don't even want to say it. You know what I mean? Like you could – I think after last season you could have argued, hey – it was only it was a small sample size, and he struck out a lot, right? His whiff percentage was off the charts. But this year, it's like all that has got that, and he's been excellent, and he's exciting too. So you could talk about that, but nobody could objectively, as a real human being, actually look you in the face and be like, "Yeah, I don't think Tatis is exciting at all." I mean, maybe Skip Bayless could do that because he's Mister Contrarian <laughs> and basically right. everything in the world. Or unfortunately, my beloved Tony Kornheiser of the aforementioned PTI we talked about earlier, uh, he came out of the wrong side of that. But for the most part, no real serious baseball thinker or prognosticator or an analyst or fan can actually be like, yeah, I didn't like Tatis. And I th- think that was one of the the turning points. This is a 100% approval rating player. Not a 90%, not a 
a hundred percent. This is Carlos Gomez, who a lot of right. people don't like, right? This is a True. star uh, for the game. Very likable. And he literally had an ESPN cover story that was excellent, like days before the incident. So uh, it was really just great to see. And it really just kickstarted the Padres and everyone. I like that they kind of all rallied. And they were like, yeah, this is our guy. You know what I mean? This is our guy. And we're going to rally. And you know what? Let's just purchase the state of Texas. You know, I mean? let's just sweep every Texas team from now on. Yep. And he's led the Padres to a 28 and 17 record, second place in the National mm-hmm. League West. Last question for you. How's it going to feel if the Padres make the postseason for the first time in so long? And how would you feel? I think currently they'd be slated to play the Phillies in the first round, the the best of three. So how would you how would you feel if they make the postseason and what would you feel like their chances would be against the Phillies? All right. So a lot, a lot of, a lot of thoughts there. First of all, um, I have to admit, I have to admit, it's not like I've been following the Padres since the real dark days, you know, post 2005, 2006, you know what I mean? I started being more of a fan and being interested in them ever since AJ Preller basically came on board. Cause I was like, who are these losers? You know, the, this loser team, you know what I mean? The ultimate underdog team, who do they think they are trading for all these guys almost? I loved it. I was so attracted to that. And that's when I started slowly following them. And here I am now. So I can't claim that I have uh, the same allegiance to them as some other fans do. You know what I mean? I can't say that I've been there in the darkest of days when Will Venable and and my beloved Seth Smith were the best players. And I followed them day in and day out, just hoping that they'd score three runs. You know what I mean? Um, So I can't say that, but it's definitely satisfying to be part of it. You know what I mean? Just being being able to cover the team, it's so exciting because not only are they good, they're exciting. It's There's a two giant different things there are plenty of i mean let's be honest the dodgers i don't know about you nobody's really talking about them this year they're really good but nobody's really like oh wow what a team they're talking about mookie i think i think they're talking about bets that i will give you they are talking about bets a lot who's (sighs) dang god dang it boston you know what i mean (laughs) why'd you have to give that guy up to the dodgers but um and then for the the other thing about yeah 13 years 13 year contract get used used to him (laughs) we will be um Hopefully we could counter it with our with our own stars, but I think that um, it's going to be so much fun to watch this team in the playoffs. I think a lot of people are watching them, um, and thankfully it doesn't seem like yeah their offense is the thing everyone's talking about. But I am I am hopeful that they've got Clevenger and Lamette to be those kind of. I think you need those ace type of uh, stars. So we'll see if Clevenger can kind of uh, you know he's been fine for us so far, but he hasn't been quite ace levels, Mister Sunshine himself. And the last thing with the Phillies, uh, I love. I would love if we play the Phillies because my best friend is a Philadelphia fan and I hate his guts. Basically I've mentioned on the podcast that he runs our fancy baseball league along with another friends friend I have, and he's a fascist and he decided to completely make fancy baseball, not fun and using categories you aren't supposed to use in fancy sports, like runs created slugging OBA. It's like, why are you penalizing my team for striking out when they're driving at 80 guys a game? This is dumb. Uh, so I'm mad at him for that. So I would just, I yeah he's my friend at all that i used to root for his teams now and the phillies i ain't got nothing against them they have joe girardi and they have bryce harper who i really like who's literally on my team i think a uh, fantasy team of course um so i have nothing against them but that team is one that I, I could i could see it flying off the rails i mean yeah they've got nola and they've, they've got some guys but that bullpen has been a disaster basically all season so i'd feel confident heading into that series versus another team like i don't know the Braves, although the Braves are too good for the, the Padres to play them in round one. So that definitely is, it's a team that would be interesting to watch for sure. And I think would make for a really great series and it would lead to some great trash talk be, uh, between my friend and myself. So I'd be absolutely overjoyed if they played Phillies in round one. 
Well, I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to seeing the Padres in the postseason for the first time in a long time. Hopefully it happens. I mean, I know I'm a Giants yeah. host here, but I, <laughs> I would like to see that. So Yeah, I think I think most people would. That's what's so exciting about it. I'm lucky that I have a team that's not only good, but one that people really can't find a reason to hate. And that's that's awesome. And it's rare too on top of that. Yep. All right. All right. Uh you want you wanna <laughs> you wanna conclude it there? Yeah, yeah. That's all the uh, questions I had. All right. So yeah, man, uh, everybody just go follow. Remember to follow Ben, everybody. I've been saying this for years. Great. Not years, but for months. Um, uh, he's a, he's such a great like zips statistical uh, follow. I love seeing the numbers that you throw out on Twitter. He's a great follow on both Lockdown Giants and Lockdown uh, or at Ben Caspic. So make sure to go do that. And looking forward to this series. I'll probably message you if something crazy happens. Uh, but, but until next time, man, I'll, uh, take care. All right, you too. Thank you. And wabbity doo da. That sounds like the end of my conversation with Ben Caspic because it is the end of my conversation with Ben Caspic, guys. I hope that you enjoyed. I know I always love talking to Ben and talking some giant stuff. Really looking forward to seeing how the rest of this series plays out. Still got plenty of episodes coming up too. Do not worry. Uh, gonna have the full slate back. And I have to admit though, guys, the other San Diego team. I still refer to them as the San Diego team. Uh, the Chargers. They are playing this Sunday, and I'm looking forward to some football. I guess you could say. Even if last. Tonight's uh, Chiefs-Texans game got me very uh, upset for some political reasons that I won't get into right now. Uh, I think everybody knows what I'm uh, kind of referring to, and let's just say um, disappointing Kansas City fans, you know, very disappointing. Uh, uh, their performance last night. Uh, I'll leave it at that, but still really excited for football and whatnot, guys. And at the same time, we got this beloved uh, Padres team. So just in case the Chargers stick it up, I got my Padres to look forward to, everybody. So uh, with that all being said, guys, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, whatever. Follow the show or myself on Twitter. Remember, the show is at LO underscore Padres and my account is at Javapeno. Uh, go send me some nice reviews on iTunes if you like. That would be a perfect kind of gift over this first NFL kickoff weekend because Lord knows I, I'm practically convinced my fantasy team will be bad this year. Oh man, oh man. I am not looking forward to that. But uh, yeah, until next time, stay safe and of course stay faithful. My retired faithful homies, take care.